1: Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain.
0: So what is the key to optimizing your brain fitness? And this is a very special episode because we're gonna be talking about the mind-muscle connection. It's not just the mind-muscle connection, but the muscle-mind connection. And I'm excited to bring back onto the show my dear friend, Sean Stevenson, host of the Model Health Show, which I've been on a number of times, and also incredible best-selling author of Sleep Smarter. He's gonna talk about specific exercises you could do to be able to build brain power uh, with your body. Thanks for coming back, Sean. Talk about the mind-muscle connection.
1: What's so interesting right off the bat is that just like your muscles, your brain can grow and develop, but it, it can also atrophy. And that's kind of the scary part. And so we see this loss of brain volume and also function as we get older. It tends to be. And one of these big strategies we're going to talk about today is the connection between what our muscles are doing and what our brain is actually doing. So let's start with this. There's a randomized controlled trial, and this was published in the uh, Archives of Internal Medicine. And what they did was they put folks through a strength training regimen, and they found that Just the process and act of doing the strength training program was able to literally cause this cognitive and functional brain plasticity improvement. This is literally a growth in in brain volume potentially, but also in connections. And so that gray matter specifically, uh, we're looking at the axon terminals, dendrites, neuronal cell bodies, all that good stuff, and maintaining their form and function, all from lifting weights. What they found was the minimum effective dose is gonna be about two times strength training a week. But this is one of those things where if you're not acclimated to it, like it's a part of your kind of cultural thing that you're doing, um, you might miss out on that as, as far as strength training is concerned. And also just the myths around it and some fears, you know, especially for women and the fact of, you know, if I lift weights, I might get bulky. The myth is that lifting weights makes you bigger, but the truth is donuts make you bigger. Right, Food makes us bigger. And so for a lot of guys, they're trying to get bigger. It's one of the things, that's, you know, trying to be a superhero. And it's it's very difficult. you got to eat like it's your full-time job and lift weights as well. And a lot of women just don't even have that kind of hormonal potential or reservoir to even put on muscle like that. So I just want to kind of get past that myth and get everybody involved in some strength training because it's super good for your brain.
0: So what is it about the actual physical exercises that's building the the brain power, what's going on inside?
1: So check this out. So I just came across this yesterday, and this was Harvard Medical School, and they found that strength training provides an opportunity to overcome obstacles in a controlled, predictive environment, which has been found to increase mental resiliency. So this is something that your genes expect you to do. Human Genome Project, we found that we have basically around 25,000 genes collectively that we all share as humans. There are thousands of different potential genetic expressions of those genes. That's how we have so much variation. And one of the things that we're just now starting to have some research to affirm is that our genes expect us to lift heavy things. This is something we would have done through our evolution as humans. But today we, you know, for a lot of us, we're using our fingers, we're typing, pencil pushing, even some indigenous cultures today, you know, they're carrying things that they're gathering, they're carrying water. Mm-hmm men and women are doing these jobs where they're carrying heavy things. By not doing this on a regular basis, you're not activating genetic programs to keep you physically strong and also mentally strong. And so that's kind of the deepest level of it, is this is something your genes expect you to do.
0: So how do we put this into practice for those people who are listening at home? What do you recommend? You're saying the minimum dose is twice a week?
1: Yes, and so what I did was I put together three specific forms of exercise for people. Okay that your brain craves. First one is, we'll stay on this with strength training. All right, we need to lift heavy things. A couple of tips on how to implement this. I mentioned earlier, minimum effective dose in the clinical trials is two times a week. That's the bare minimum you wanna get in. And I'd say two to four times a week doing some strength training. This can start with basic bodyweight exercises. And so starting with some type of a push-up, you know, this is very basic and there's alternative push-ups you can do on your knees, or you can do an incline push-up where you're maybe using your counter or your, the back of your couch or something like that. So getting really good at body weight exercise before you even move on to something that's heavier.
0: And that's very doable, because people don't they don't necessarily need a gym membership, right. or if they're traveling, they could
1: do that in their hotel room. Exactly, that's what I just did this morning. Body weight squats as well. You know, you're working all of these major muscle groups, and from there, we can move on to, and this is what I really want to transition people to, is lifting some heavier items, okay. you know? And so this would be heavier weights, but lower reps. So this would be things like doing deadlifts, barbell mm-hmm. deadlifts. Over the years, Jim, I'd have folks come in, because I transitioned out of the gym and into working in my clinic, but I would have folks coming in who were struggling with mental issues, you know? So maybe, Depression, maybe feeling that you know, just insecurities and fears and things that they're dealing with in their life, maybe in regards to their career or their family, and I would prescribe these folks to go and start lifting some heavy weights. And sometimes, depending on the client, I would take them and do it. I still worked in the university in the gym at at the time, and I would see one hundred percent of the time as people got physically stronger, they got they got mentally resilient as well. So, doing the strength training process, you're working your muscles obviously you're working your brain but you're also working your nervous system right this kind of extension of your Mm -hmm. brain throughout your body but maybe you're used to doing a type of workout but then you do something else and you're noticing that you're sweating a lot more Mm -hmm. and you're like i'm i'm in shape like what's going on your brain is working harder to figure out and kind of get adapted to these movements and it's causing this kind of trickle down effect to your entire body and so it's like understanding that and taking advantage of that, it's keeping your brain fresh as well. So keeping your workouts fresh keeps your brain fresh.
0: So what would the second thing be? The uh, second
1: tip is going to be balance and speed drills. So why does this matter? There's this really fascinating thing that we get from doing certain types of exercise, which is an improvement in something called proprioception. Right, proprioception. So this is your, your brain and your body's ability to monitor itself and to be aware of itself in space. Mm-hmm. Right? This is one of the things that we tend to, to lose as we get older, thus a lot more folks tend to have falls and accidents because that proprioception begins to go down. And we do not want that to happen because also with bone density being lower and things like that it tends to see you know, greater risk of fracture and really bad injury by having a fall. And so to maintain and even improve your proprioception, you could do some specific exercises. One of the best ones, is it's a hot exercise right now, is doing box jumps. So getting a platform, getting something to jump onto really recruits all of these different muscle fibers, but also mental, these there's neuronal fibers as well to do this particular movement. Start with maybe six inches, maybe a tiny stair, you know, just to get comfortable with the with the movement. Or even outside of that, they are seeing some benefit for proprioception with just doing some jump squats. Okay. Right? So you don't have anything you're jumping onto, you're just going down into a squat and jumping up. But also we've got uh, more proprioception driven exercises like, have you ever done slacklining?
0: I have not done slacklining.
1: Right, so, do you remember when you were a kid and just like, we always wanted to balance and walk on mm-hmm. stuff, right? And just trying to go across those little thin lines or even like step on a crack, break your mama's back kind of thing. You know, like jumping around and being balanced. Well, we stopped doing that. Right. right. We stopped having fun. And you're pretending there's was like lava on the floor. Yes. And stuff like that. Exactly, so we wanna do more of that and I, Fortunately, I have a seven-year-old son, and so he's all doing this stuff all the time. I just follow him. You know? So if he hops up on a ledge and starts walking on something, I get there, get right behind him. Or a lot of times, honestly, I'll do it first, and he'll follow me. Um, so taking advantage of doing that, or you can get yourself you know, these different slack lines and you know, like find a couple of trees and just start to do that process. Uh, or anything, you know, balance beam. Any opportunity you get to work on your balance is gonna be really helpful for your brain.
0: What are, the, what are those things that you see people at the gym and they're, that they're on, that those little, they the to... balls. Yes, yeah. those.
1: There's that, there, there's so many different things now. Okay. But I don't want people to get too extreme because somebody will be like standing <laughs> on a stability ball with like a barbell on their, like right. don't do that. Right. In nature, through our evolution, a lot of these things, again, we'd be doing naturally and trying to avoid danger, mm-hmm. but we're not getting out and lifting heavy things anymore. We're not going out and hunting or gathering our food. So we're recreating them in a, These movements in a way in a gym. And
0: people could be also doing this, even, you know, they have their 30 or 45 minutes or an hour, you know, a day, but they could be doing this throughout the day. You know, I'll notice I have in my office, I have a standing desk, and I'll just lift one leg off and I'll just start start doing clockwise, counterclockwise circles just to kind of challenge. And they say that sitting is the new smoking, and we have to move. So it's kind of like you could do yoga. But people could be doing yoga throughout the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's part of life. You, how, I didn't, how did you know this next one I was gonna talk about, which is lifting one leg off the ground. Okay. Literally that simple, just standing in place, lifting your knee up to a 90 degree angle and holding that for five, 10 seconds and then mm. switching. It's another thing that improves your proprioception. Or even if you wanna take it to another level, doing it with your eyes closed. Right. Again, but be smart about it, you know? And out, outside of that, like to get to that next level, as far as like a physical activity would be concerned it would be doing like single leg squats okay right or they're also known as pistol squats mm. great for proprioception but just great for building muscle as well and you can do this with different levels you can just hold on to maybe a pole you can hold on to some trx bands right. and do it or you know if you're about that life you can do it you know just using your body
0: And this is great so regardless of someone's age they could or even level of fitness the best thing is people where, wherever they're at. So many people, they are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, they're listening to this, and they go to the gym for like three hours, and then they get injured, or they get sore the next day, and then they don't stick with it.
1: Right, exactly. Which is,
0: you gotta build those, those, tiny, those tiny habits. What about
1: number three? Number three, we've got a 2007 study conducted by German researchers, and they found that daily walking statistically improves working memory. Amazing. Right? Very, very simple. And we absolutely can deadlift as humans. We can get a heavy barbell on our back and do squats, but are we really designed to do it? That's my question. Are we designed to do it? We can do it and it can get great effects, but are we designed to do it? What we 100% are designed to do out of everything as far as physical movement is walking. Mm -hmm. We're designed to to do that. Again, our genes expect us to do it. And to now understand that, Just simply walking can improve your working memory is really exciting. Listen to this, this is another one. This was Stanford researchers, found that walking increased creative inspiration by an average of 60%.
0: 60%?
1: Versus sitting. And this effect was evident while and shortly after doing the walk. And it was anywhere just between five and 16 minutes. And this increased a certain flavor of creativity called divergent thinking. We tend to just think of things in one way, right? Like we have our way of thinking and trying to hammer against a problem instead of having this divergent thinking where we're, quote, thinking outside the box. Because a lot of these hard challenges in our lives or problems, they have dozens of different answers, if not hundreds, if not thousands of different solutions. But we get so pigeonholed and focused on this, like we get this tunnel vision that this is the way and just keep hammering against it, trying to make a breakthrough. But this divergent thinking is improved by simply walking. Talk about uh, BDNF. Brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's very supportive of keeping your brain functional, healthy, all the stuff that we want, but we have to kind of do things in order to get an increase in it. And so there's a couple ways that we increase the the release of BDNF, which is one of them is intermittent fasting, funny enough, increases it, which we could do an entire show talking about that. And the other way is through movement and specifically doing high-intensity interval training mm-hmm. is one of the best ways to do it. And this could have been, I guess, number four on the list. Intense exercise for as little as maybe five, 10 seconds, right. maybe upwards of 30 seconds, and then a recovery period. And I actually talked with the guy who's like in the lab taking muscle biopsy. So this is a Canadian researcher. His name is uh, Dr. Martin Kabbalah. And he wrote a fascinating book. It's called The One-Minute Workout. And so he's testing what, what's more effective for our development, for our health, this kind of conventional cardio, which is like light, light jogging for 45 minutes to an hour. And he's testing that against these intervals, right? And so this is like getting people on a stationary bike, have them sprint on the bike, go as fast as they can for about 20 seconds, and then they recover for upwards of four minutes. And so what he did in this particular study was, he had folks, he had a, one group, come in, they're doing cardio, the quote cardio, 45, 60 minutes for five days a week. And the study is going on for, I believe it was six weeks. And then they have the other group where they're on a stationary bike doing these 20 second sprints, just three rounds of this. And they're resting for about four minutes in between. They can recover, they can barely even pedal. So cumulatively they're doing one minute of hard exercise. And after the study was over and they're only doing it three days a week, right? Compiled all the data and they found that they had the exact same increase in cardiovascular benefit, same increase in fat oxidation, and same increase in mitochondrial growth. Mm. So we can get so much more bang for the buck by doing these short bursts of exercise.
0: You, you explain the what and the how and the why. Does it matter when you work out? Mm.
1: Oh, absolutely. What time, time of day? Absolutely. So this can impact your sleep quality. This can impact what's going on with your hormone production. Um, and so Appalachian State University did a study and they broke these folks into three different groups, well, three different phases. Okay. And so what they did was they had folks to train at 7 a.m. in the morning for a specific phase of the study, then they had them train at 1 p.m. in the afternoon for a specific phase, and they had them train at 7 p.m. in the evening to see the impact that it would have on their sleep quality. And this is another way to increase brain-derived nootropic factors through sleep. And so at the end of the study, they found that when folks exercise in the morning, They tend to have more efficient sleep cycles. They tend to spend more time in the deepest, most anabolic stage of sleep. They tend to sleep longer. They also found that morning exercisers tended to have about a 25% greater drop in blood pressure at night.
0: Can we summarize these four things real quick for everybody who's watching?
1: Absolutely, so number one, strength training. Strength gotta make sure that we're increasing our strength to increase the strength of our brains, all right? That muscle brain connection is tremendous and the research shows this very clearly. So that's number one. And the minimum effective dose, it looks like two times a week, doing some resistance training. What would be optimal you would recommend? Two to four. Two to four. Just depends on the person, depends on the goals. Yeah. Number two is going to be doing exercises that work your kind of speed and agility, which is gonna trigger this benefit for proprioception. Mm -hmm. Right? So being aware of your body in space. Number three is walking. Mm-hmm. This is the number one thing we are designed to do as humans. Yeah. Our genes expect and us you to walk. do
0: that, like during your lunch break and everything? You yeah. take
1: little brain breaks. It's so beneficial on so the many creativity. levels. Creativity. Yeah, that benefit. We get ber- crazy. Thinking. Yes. How fascinating is that? I love that. You know? And number four mm-hmm. for our brain would be to add in some high-intensity interval training. Beautiful. And the great part about all of this is that this can be mixed into the same workout and still be under ten minutes. Yeah. Right. And so that high-intensity interval training, we're gonna get the benefit for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And we're gonna get the benefit for um, burning some fat, you know, in a more efficient way. So those are those four.
0: Sean, how can uh, people find out more and go deeper with you?
1: They can find my podcast. It's called The Model Health Show. And I'm very, very grateful to say it's often number one uh, fitness and nutrition podcast in the US. So we really love to do master classes on different subject matters. And uh, we love talking about the brain as well. They can follow me uh, online, and my home online is themodelhealthshow.com, and on my social media is there as well. Thank you again, Sean.
0: Dot com, or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, one more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast-track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember Fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag Quick Brain, K-W-I-K Brain. Mine is at Jim quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach.